1: Turn with me in your Bibles this evening to 2nd Chronicles chapter 28, please. 2nd Chronicles chapter 28. And give me an amen once you are there. And so Father, we come before you again this evening with thanksgiving and praise for all that you've done in our lives, Lord, and all that you're doing. There is none like you in all the earth, or in all the heavens, or in under the earth. You're the one true living God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, the God of Moses, Lord. You set your people you you set your people free from the hand of bondage, there, Lord, in Egypt, Lord. As your people went through the dead sea, the Red Sea, you parted it, Lord. And so, Lord, you are our great God, and we trust in you tonight to speak to our hearts, Lord. May your word just minister to us in the place where we're at, and we just love you and thank you, and we ask for uh, your grace to be upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. So in 2 Chronicles chapter 28, we're dealing with King Ahaz, uh, who is the king of Judah at this time. He was 20 years old when he began to reign. And he would reign for 16 uh, years there. And uh, he did evil in the sight of the Lord, like many of the kings would do. He did not walk in the ways of his ancestor or his father, King David, as it's told to us in the word. But he actually walked after the kings of Israel. He was a wicked man who would end up making molded images uh, to the pagan gods, and uh, he would end up burning incense all throughout his territory. In the valley of Hinnom, he would end up burning his children. So he was a wicked king. And as I was praying about his life and really the kings of Judah, it's interesting to me that They were kings because of their birthright, right? They were of the lineage of King David, and which means a lot because we know that that's the lineage that our Savior, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, would be born from. But God gave him that birthright. It was his. It was predestined that it would be his. And he had every opportunity to honor the Lord or not honor the Lord with that privilege. And he chose not to honor the Lord. In the same way, every believer in Christ who's put their faith in Jesus Christ, we are God's children. We're his adopted children. The Bible says that we are heirs with Christ if we're willing to suffer with him. We're heirs with him. That means that the King of kings, the Lord of lords, are Jesus. We're related to him. We are a royal priesthood. And that's who we are if we've put our faith in Jesus Christ. We too have been predestined by God to be saved. And at Calvary Chapel, we believe in both the sovereignty of God and the predestination of believers, but we also believe in the balance that every person gets to choose whether or not they want to believe in God or not. And so as King Ahaz chose not to walk right with the Lord, what choice are we making today for ourselves? We have a birthright. We, it's been predestined that we would be saved, that we would know God, that we would believe in God. Even before he formed us in our mother's womb, God knew that one day we would choose to receive him as Lord and Savior. That's a huge, magnificent thing, that God would choose us from the beginning. It's a beautiful thing because so oftentimes we don't feel like we're chosen by anybody, right? But God chooses you and he chooses me and he loves us so much. Peter tells us, Paul tells us, the apostles tell us that we have been predetermined by the Lord. We are blessed by God. In Romans chapter 8, verse 16 through 17, it says that the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And so like I said, King Ahaz, he did wicked things. And when you think about why would he worship these pagan gods? Why would he do what the nations were doing around him? Why do people worship idols today? It's because they believe that in worshiping those things that they're going to find some sort of satisfaction. That by worshiping idols, there's going to be some prosperity in some way or another. That financially, they'll be blessed. Relationally, they'll be blessed. And that's why the world is continually seeking after things that will fulfill their life. But they always come up empty Because none of those things can fulfill a person, but but a relationship with Jesus Christ can. And so if you think about it, this this is what uh, this king has been doing. Just really uh, foolishly doing wicked and seeking after pagan idols. And there's no reason to do so. He had every right, uh, he had every opportunity to choose to do the right thing before the Lord. And we read in the rest of this chapter how God ends up sending judgment upon his life. But had he chosen to do what's right, he would have had a blessed life. His father Jothan, he prepared his heart before the Lord and God made him a mighty man. And that choice is there for you and I uh, always, every day, to choose life in a close relationship with Jesus Christ, or or to choose death, and that just that uh, option is for the whole world today. That's the gospel message: choose life through Jesus Christ, or choose death apart from Him. And so, when I think of my life, I I think of of uh, God's amazing grace in being patient with me from. The get go. Think about our lives, how far we've come for those of us who've been walking with God for a long time. How, as we chose day in and day out to walk with the Lord, how He's blessed us, how He's got us through our journey through the good times and the bad times. And Paul speaks to us many times about suffering with Christ and, and enduring and persevering. All the apostles do. Part of our journey is to learn that in Christ, in our willingness to suffer with him, to be faithful to him, even in hard times, it's his way of conforming us into the image of Jesus Christ. In fact, there's no other way. The Christian life is to, is to be blessed, is to delight in the Lord, but it's also to grow through hardships. And like I said, when I think to, about my life, From the get-go, I came from absolutely nothing, no father, no mother who cared for me, out in the streets, eventually got saved by the grace of God, just a broken life, and and not knowing how to do really anything in life, and how God held my hand throughout my journey in getting hired with Caltrans, and getting a good job, and, and getting benefits, and all of those things, and me not really knowing nothing about the job, just knowing that I needed to be close to God. And, and you know, I was disheartened. I was afraid, but yet God got me through those times in the early days. I got a job. He blessed me. He blessed me in the when I started serving the Lord, uh, going into the jails with Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, And that was a step of faith, that was frightening to go in there and to, you know, my very first times giving Bible studies, all of those things, God was with me every step of the way. I found my wife and for four years it was, you know, being single, that was scary to me and God held my hand through my singleness in preparation for my wife. And all through my journey, as through your journey, there were temptations, there were booby traps that the enemy set for us. But yet God, because we chose to honor God those days and not give up on the Lord, we, he ended up blessing our lives. King Ahaz and all of uh, Judah here that's seeking after these idols, they're seeking prosperity. They're seeking a blessed life. And all they had to do was turn to Jesus Christ. All they had to do was turn to Jehovah, to God. And so here we are, And that's really the the lesson of 2 Chronicles. It's a spiritual lesson of this entire, these entire two books, is choose God. Choose not to give up on God. Hardships are part of it. And in Judah, think about how many people probably thought, well, I didn't have a good harvest. Why don't I try out these other gods? I didn't have a, I don't, there, there's not a good relationship at a home. Why don't I try these other gods? I mean, for the simplest little hardships or the big hardships, whatever, people would turn from God and try to do what the rest of the world was doing. We as Christians, we persevere. We learn how to be more like Jesus in hard times. We learn in season and out of season. We're told to preach, even when we're tired from traveling. You just do it, you know? You guys just came tonight, right? You just keep going. Whatever it is that you and I need for our life, for godliness, it is found in a closer relationship with God and not giving up period. Hard times are part of it. We are heirs of Christ. We are predestined. We are his, we are his children, children, if we're willing to suffer with them. That means if we're willing not to give up, when temptations come, when, you know, things don't work out the way we would have wanted them to work out, we keep moving forward. That's what we do. We keep moving forward. And we learn to delight in the Lord, right where we're at. Think about that. When I was working for Caltrans, God allowed me to be under some supervision that was pretty harsh, pretty terrible. Where our boss would, you know, make my coworkers, some of the females, cry. You know, just a real harsh boss. And I remember. I'm born again, and, and God's like, welcome to trials, welcome to, well, why am I under this if I'm if you love me so much? Why am I at this job? And I was completely stuck. As are so many Christians. We're stuck in places, not because we're stuck in places, but God allows us to be there until the lesson is learned in that place. We feel stuck, but it's just God's schooling. So I was I was in this place, I felt stuck. You know, no one, I mean, it was a miracle that Caltrans hired me. How can I go find another job uh, somewhere else? Because the supervisor was so bad. And the Lord was like, too bad, too sad. Like, there's something I want you to learn. I don't want you to give up. So I'm like, all right. So I start praying for my coworkers, witnessing to them that God's going to get you through all of those things. And, and as I was doing that and praying for my supervisor who was harsh. Just unfair, really unfair and mean. And, uh, you know, she wouldn't give some of the, the ladies their uh, days off for their kids' birthdays, things like that. I mean, just terrible stuff. And uh, they eventually removed her because she was unjust. But I was stuck there, but not really. I'm a Christian now. I'm There's something to be had here. There's something for me to learn. Basically, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. We don't quit. So I stayed there and I learned if you're ever in a position of leadership, don't ever be like that person. And then when you move on, I've, I've traveled distances, you know, for work and God was with me during those days where I had migraines and was tired from work and coming home to the family and just everything that I've, I've gone through in my life. God has been there every step of the way. Ministry gets hard. It's twenty-two years of ministry, basically in my life. I've kind of always served the Lord after that first year, and and you just there's so much that I went through that God had me um, go through to learn to get stronger. And if you think about your homes, your family, you know where you're at right now. What lesson does God have for you in your home that He wants you to learn? to not run off like the rest of the world does. And they go find their own solutions. But we turn to God every single time we have a problem, we have an issue. We turn to God. We don't give up. You know, Clarissa and I, when we got married, we were poor, you know, super poor. You know, she married, she, she, she comes from a well-to-do family, but it's not like they gave us money or nothing. We, we were poor. And, uh, I remember that when we first started our home Bible study in Beaumont, that the U-turn for Christ guys would come just kind of to help fill up the, the house because it was empty. And um, not just to fill up the house, it was an honor to preach to those guys. And they would, they would make me um, just be, feel so blessed. But they would come. My pastor would send them. And, I mean, he would pay for the the gas for the van and just send a bunch of guys to a house in Beaumont where we're having our Bible study. And um, from time to time, my pastor would send like a box of food. So just to tell you how hard times it was for my wife and I, like a box of foods, chicken and stuff. And, uh, you know, so I was like, you know, eating from the gospel. And as they say, so... You know, King Ahaz, he sought it somewhere else. Even though the legacy of if you follow God, he's going to blow your mind. Don't give up. Keep serving the Lord. I knew that God can bless the church enough for me to go full time one day. I knew he could do it, but I, I had a problem believing he would do it for me. I saw I saw it in other churches and other pastors and I would just when's it going to be my my turn Lord you know what am I doing wrong I I used to think and I used to pray and I used to weep and I used to pour water on my head as I was driving on the 210 trying to get home from Fontana and uh, from work teaching Wednesday teaching Sunday morning and it was just hard, guys, hard, you know. When I was bivocational, you know, I mean, the migraines I would get, I would get like one a week, two a week, and, you know, just trying to get through the day. And, and what I learned during those times is how to trust in the Lord and, and to watch him strengthen me, to watch him be there for me and never let me down. Has been the greatest lesson in, in my life. And I just want to share that with you. Like, don't give up. Do, keep, keep pushing forward. Keep uh, trusting in the Lord. The answer is in Him. Richard Baxter, who was an old Puritan, he said this Must I turn to my Bible to show a preacher where it is written that a man's soul is worth more than a world, much more, therefore, than a hundred pounds a year? And how much more are many souls worth? Or that both we and all that we have are gods and should be employed to the utmost for his service. And I speak to my heart in that no matter what, where we're, we're at in life, give God your utmost to serve him. Use every uh provision that he's given you every faculty that you have every strength that you have to serve the Lord he deserves it and that's how God wants to use us to save souls basically amen and so Syria and Israel it says here in verse 5 therefore the Lord his God delivered him into the hand of the king of Syria they defeated him and carried away a great multitude of them as captives, and brought them to Damascus. Then he was also delivered into the hand of the king of Israel. And so there's two defeats here by two armies that uh, King Ahaz experiences here as a consequence of turning away from the Lord. God's judging them here, and this is what uh, the king is des- deservedly receiving. It says, here then he was also delivered into the hand of the king of Israel, who defeated him with a great slaughter. For Pekah, the son of uh, Rimaliah, killed 120,000 in Judah in one day, all valiant men, because they had forsaken the Lord, God of their fathers. Ezekri, a mighty man of Ephraim, killed Maaseah, the king's son, as Azrekam, the officer over the house and Ilkana who was second to the king so not only uh, was the king defeated but his cabinet is taken his son is killed and so uh, just judgment upon him for him turning away from the lord and uh it says here in verse 8, And the children of Israel carried away captive of their brethren, 200,000 women, sons, and daughters. And they also took away much spoil from them and brought the spoil to Samaria. And so we see here that that 20,000 in Judah in one day perished. And it just shows the, the devastation of sin, right? It's like the enemy is constantly trying to tempt and deceive uh, God's people into turning away from the Lord and to compromise. And these examples are a warning, a a huge warning to us to stay clear of temptation, to stay clear of the things of the world and not let them affect us, to cling to Jesus and be strong in the Lord because it's devastating. So many strong people in the Lord have been brought down by the enemy because of compromise. So, as the Lord says, you know, be careful. Be careful. If your right hand causes you to sin, pluck, uh, cut it off. If your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it from your eye. Be serious about a little sin. It, it can lead to total devastation. And it says here that the children of Israel carried away captive, or their brethren captive. And so they took... uh they brethren captive. And again, that's what Satan desires to do. He desires to bring people into bondage. Satan isn't playing games. And so we should be serious about our walk with the Lord. We should be serious about putting on the armor every day because the enemy is trying to kill us, to destroy us, to put us into bondage. And so uh, this is what takes place for, uh, to them here. Verse 9 says, But a prophet of the Lord was there, whose name was Oded, uh, Oded, and he went out before the army that came to Samaria and said to them, Look, because the Lord God of your fathers was angry with Judah, he has delivered them into your hand, but you uh, have killed them in a rage that reaches up to heaven. And now you propose to force the children of Judah and Jerusalem to be your male and female slaves? But are you not also guilty before the Lord your God? Now hear me, therefore, and return the captives whom you have taken captive from your brethren, for the fierce wrath of the Lord is upon you. And so, O dead, the prophet, perfect timing, the Lord sends him, To warn the Israelites, do not take your brothers captive captive as slaves, right? And, you know, the gospel message is wonderful because it does away with slavery when the gospel is honored. Because the gospel is about loving God, repentance, and loving your brother as yourself, right? And so here God is rebuking uh, the children of Israel in the north, that have lost their minds. They're wicked, and they're, they're, they killed their brethren in a rage that went up to heaven. And so that's strong language, really. And the Lord here rebukes them and tells them, do not take them captive. And so we see a releasing of them here. They actually heed what God says through the prophet, whereas those from Judah were not listening to God.
0: Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7.00 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweetheels.org and hit the online giving tab.